have a word of prayer, and we'll preach tonight. First uh, Peter chapter number 5, and we'll begin reading in verse number 7. Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. Heavenly Father, thank You, Lord, for this verse of Scripture tonight. Or thank You, Lord, for confirming this direction with that good song that we just heard. I pray, God, that You'd help us, Lord, to look at this verse, Lord, try to preach it and apply it to our lives. And, Lord, most of all, may we see no man save Jesus only. We love You tonight. Thank You most of all for loving us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Uh, you'd have thought that I'd have told them what I was preaching on tonight. This morning, we looked at 1 Peter chapter 5, and verse number 5 and verse number 6, and we looked at the subject of humility and how that is so vitally important in the Christian life, how we are to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. But now in verse number 7, there's another word that I want to look at. We looked at humility this morning, but tonight... I want to look at a word that we're all familiar with. This morning we looked at humility, but tonight I want to look at anxiety. Humility in verse number 5 and 6, but anxiety in verse number 7. In fact, if you look up the word care in a Bible dictionary or in a Webster's 1828 dictionary, they both will throw up this word anxiety. The word anxiety here means a feeling of fear and dread. The word picture here is the state of being pulled apart. Does anybody know anything about anxiety? They call it stress. Peter here calls it care in this text. Somebody said, Preacher, I don't have any anxiety. I don't have any cares. I don't have any stress. No, you got a problem with lying. Because everybody has some kind of stress. Everybody has some kind of care. Everybody has some kind of anxiety that they deal with uh, from time to time. Uh, some people's anxiety and care is with their family. Some it's with their finances. And all of us deal with it in our flesh. It is a battle of the mind that we deal with tonight. And I just have this one verse of Scripture, verse number 7 on my heart. And I just want to preach from it tonight and, and try to get some truths to help us as we deal this morning we dealt with that one word, humility. Tonight, I want to deal with this one word, anxiety. And I want to say three things out of this verse tonight. First of all, I see in this verse the reality of burdens. The reality of burdens. For here's what the Apostle Peter said, casting all your care. That is where we get that word anxiety, stress, pressure, things that we face in life. And I, I note about this, these, the reality of these burdens. I would say, first of all, that this is personal. He said, casting all your care. You've got personal problems. Now, when we look at the context of these verses tonight, who is Peter writing to? Who is Peter dealing with? Well, he is writing to a group of believers that we know, first of all, they were saved. First Peter chapter number 1, verse number 18, For as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation were deceived by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, and that is a land without blemish and without spot. These people that Peter was writing to tonight, this crowd that had anxiety, this crowd that had cares, this crowd that had pressure, they were saved and born again by the blood of Jesus Christ. You know what that lets me know? You can be saved and still have problems. 
In fact, you know, the world, the world says, well, you know, I mean, why, why get saved? You're still going to have problems. Well, the difference in that is after you get saved, you have someone to help you bear those problems, have someone there to help you bear that care and that anxiety. They were saved in 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. They were secure according to 1 Peter 1, verses 3 through 6. Here's what Peter said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. Now watch this now. Who are kept by the power of God. I'm not only glad that I'm saved tonight, but I'm glad I am kept not by my own power, uh, not by my own ability. I am not trusting in myself tonight, but I am kept by the power of God. Aren't you glad that I'm not in my own hand? But Jesus said, My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man can pluck them out of my Father's hand. I'm going to tell you about security tonight is I'm in the Father's hand. I'm in the Son's hand. And then the Son is in the Father's hand. And I'm sealed with the Spirit of God. You talk about security. You talk about salvation. That's pretty good. The Old Testament writer said that my name is engraved upon his hand. But I love that New Testament theology. I am his hand. I am a part of the body of Christ. I am secure in the Lord Jesus Christ. But here's my point tonight. You can be saved and be secure and still have problems. What else were these people? They were separate. They were scriptural. First Peter one twenty two. They had a. They had a verse twenty two. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth. What was the truth? It was the word of God. They were scriptural. They lived their life by obeying the truth of the word of God. They're living right. They're separated. First Peter two nine. Ye had chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praise of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So I said, Preacher, what's all this you're trying to say? I'm saying this, you can be saved, you can be secure, you can be scriptural, and you can be separated, and yet these people in First Peter were still suffering. First Peter is a suffering book. He told him in 1 Peter 4, verse number 12, he said, To think it not strange that this fire, the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing that has happened unto you. I'm going to remind us all tonight that none of us are exempt from trouble. None of us are exempt from problems. None of us tonight are exempt from pain. We all deal with these things. This is personal. Now, your cares may not be what somebody else's care is. Your anxiety may not be what somebody else's anxiety is. But everybody has some kind of care. Everybody has a burden. There is the reality of burdens. This is a personal care. This is a painful care. The word care means noting some degree of pain, specifically pain in the mind. That's what, that's what anxiety is. That's what these cares are that Peter's talking about. You see, these problems that they're facing, they're unseen. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of us go through things, some of you go through things tonight that you cannot tangibly put your hands on. Some of you go through things you like to put their hands around. Somebody say amen right there. Y'all picking up what I'm laying down. But there are some things that are unseen that you can't get your hands on because they're between your ears. It's battles of the mind. Some of these cares are unusual. It's the oddest things that happen. Strange things. That's what Peter, Peter uses the word strange in this epistle. 
It's kind of odd, out of place, weird things. And sometimes they're often not understood. Why am I dealing with this? Why do I have this care? Why do I have this anxiety? Why do I have this pressure? Why am I carrying this? It's personal. It's painful. But it is perpetual. Here's what I mean by that. It just don't go away. I mean, just you just can't get rid of it. The word care means anxiety. I wrote this down. Anxiety, cares, stress does not discriminate based on age, address, affiliations, activities, or how much you got in your bank account. It don't discriminate anybody. I don't care if you're a millionaire, you got problems. And if you got a millionaire and you're here tonight and I ain't found that out, help me out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, but but it don't discriminate. It don't matter how much money you got, how much money you ain't got. Everybody's got problems. Uh, the most the most wealthy people in the world have issues, have cares, and then the man that lives on the street in a cardboard box, he's got problems. There's a reality of burdens. You got them tonight? Anybody got any cares? Anybody got any anxiety tonight? You don't have to raise your hand, but you can admit, unless you want to, but you can admit within your heart, you know tonight, you've got things that weigh on your mind. And ain't it funny when they usually get you, I don't know about you, it's me, it's when I usually when I go to lay down to go to bed. That's when my mind begins. Some of y'all don't think I have a mind at all. I know I do, because it races at midnight. Going 90 miles an hour. What if this happens? What if that? You know, you can what if yourself to death. What if the earth loses gravity and we all float out in outer space? Well, it won't last long. <laughs> you don't have no oxygen. You're going to die. So what are you worried about? What if? What if? What if? I got people that worry if they ain't got something to worry about. And they worry me. Let's get on my nerves, man. I mean, it's, it's never good. It's always bad. Too big, too small, and you can't get there from here. I mean, really? It's always that bad? It's perpetual. There is the reality of burdens. Number two in this verse, not only do I see the reality of burdens, but I want us to note the responsibility of the believer. Watch our verse again. Casting all your care upon Him. This responsibility of the believer involves three things. First of all, it involves recognition. You must see. You must perceive. You must understand that there are burdens and cares and anxiety in your life that's too much for you. I say it often. First, or second, or is it First Corinthians ten thirteen gets taken out of context, where it'll say, uh, uh, "Will not suffer you be tempted, but you're able will with the temptation also make a way of escape." Talking about the Lord won't put more on you than you can bear. That context is temptation to sin. First Corinthians one eight or Second Corinthians one eight. Paul will say that we were pressed out of measure after he wrote First Corinthians. So there is problems that is too much for you. Preacher, I just, I'm just under and I can't bear it. Good. You're not Superman. You're not even a good Clark Kent. Only my dedicated superhero fans know who that is. Clark Kent was Superman's alias. Okay. Uh, we're, we're, not, we're not even a good Clark Kent, much less a Superman. you got to recognize the problem. Some people never get help they need because they won't admit they have a problem. They're just blind to it. There ain't no issue here. You got a big problem here. You're not going to. You're not going to get. Any, you're not going to be obedient to this verse till you recognize there is a problem in your life. There is something that is bigger than you that you cannot handle. 
I've been around these super spiritual people, man. They, they just got it all together. And, that, and that's all right. But I'm going to tell you, when the doors close and the lights are turned off and they're by themselves, they're just as under as much stress, stress and as much pressure as you and I are. It don't discriminate. May I remind you that the Lord Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane sweat as it were great drops of blood the night before He went to the cross? The, the pressure... He's touched with the feelings of our infirmities according to Hebrews 4. He's under that pressure. He's under that stress. Medically, it teaches that your, your sweat glands can produce blood when there is so much stressure. Uh, stressure. That's a new word. Every word had to be made up at one time. That's stress and pressure. That's really bad. See, y'all didn't know your preacher was so smart. My Bible college was worth all two years of it. All right. That stress, that pressure, that anxiety... What was he? Being separated from the Father? He's going to be made sin that next day. And his sweat became his great drops of blood. It involves recognition. But then it involves release. That word casting in our text, it means, it means to throw. In order for you to cast something, you have to release it. Ain't that simple? And why do you keep coming down here to this altar to bring your burden to the Lord? Stay for two minutes and pick it right back up and carry it back to your seat. You go through the motions. It looks like you've brought it to the Lord, but like they sung, you ain't left it there. You're still toting it around. You're still toting, you're still toting the care. You're still toting the problem. And what we do, we, I thought about toting somebody around, but I didn't feel like doing that tonight. Because, I mean, I'd get, I'd get weary after a while. But here's what we do. We sit in the service, and the preacher's preaching, and he's talking about care, and he's talking about problems. We're like, boy, that's right. Boy, I'm going through this. I'm having this problem. That's exactly right. And we get up, and we respond to the preaching, and we go down to the altar, and we begin to pray, Oh, God, uh, this problem's too big for me. Uh, this situation is too much for me. I can't handle this. This is too much. God, you're going to do something about this. In Jesus' name, Amen. And take it right back to our seats and hang on to it. And worry about it. Is that what your Bible said to do? No. It involves recognition. It involves release. But it involves removal. Casting all your care upon Him. Casting all your care upon Him. Give here, Brother Tony. Because I don't know if Caden's strong enough to hold this or not. Lifting all them weights, I just don't know if he's able. So here's, 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 the, here's the man coming out here to the altar. But You're going to get to be Jesus for once. Usually he's the devil or Judas Iscariot. So we give him your promotion tonight. And so I come down to an altar and I kneel, kneel with me. And I say, oh Lord, this problem I'm carrying is too much. It's too much and I can bear. I can't handle it with my kids. I can't handle my family. I've got a prodigal son. I've got a sick loved one. I've got an issue and I'm not able to bear. I'm dealing with this sin. God, I need, I need your help. And instead of picking it up, this verse, the word picture is the Lord taking it. Amen. Casting all your care upon Him. Yes, Amen. Why won't you release it? Why? You know why? Well, we don't do it. Now, Lord, I got it now. No, I got it. Hold it. I got it, Lord. I really got it. No, now, Lord, I need your help. Would you quit fooling around with God? Amen. Casting all your care upon Him. Yes, we recognize it. We release it, but we better remove it. Thank you, brother. Casting all your care. I think you made it heavier. Casting all your care upon Him. 
There's the reality of burdens. But that's the responsibility of the believer. This preacher, does that mean I don't pray about it anymore? No. No, in everything by prayer and supplication, giving thanks. You ought to pray about it. But if you put it in the Lord's hands, that's where you need to keep it. Well, preacher, how do I pray about it after I've given it to the Lord? You pray about it like this. Lord, remember I brought you that Sunday night, or I brought you that Tuesday, or I brought you that the other day, and Lord, I put it in your hands. I can't do nothing about it. And Lord, I just want you to know, and I'm, you don't have to know this, Lord, but I'm saying it for my own sake. I'm leaving that in your hands. This is your business. Lord, that's, that's, that, that's your child. I know it's my child, but that, that's your child. You gave me that child. Oh, Lord, this is, this is the issue I'm facing. But Lord, uh, you're, con- you're concerned about me. And so, Lord, I'm giving you this. You've got to remove it. You've got to release it. There come a point in Jochebed's life where she couldn't hide Moses anymore. And she had to let go of the basket. You think that was easy? I mean, what's he, two months old? Is that right in Exodus 2? I think that's right. Two, three months old. He's not old. He's not old at all. He's still having to be nursed. Come on, mamas. How hard would that be? Put your baby in a little basket. You don't know if it's going to float or not. And push it out in the Nile River and never see him again. As far as you know. That ain't easy, is it? Difficult. But the Lord says casting all your... It didn't say most. It said all your care upon Him. There is the reality of burdens. The responsibility of the believer. But then there's the reassurance that's a blessing. For He careth for you. Don't you love just preaching through the verses like that? And getting that picture that that Peter said you've got a lot of problems. These people they're scattered abroad according to First Peter one one. They're scattered all over these nations. They've got problems. They've got issues. They've got circumstances that are not that they cannot handle. Here's what the psalmist said, Psalm fifty five twenty two: Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and He shall sustain thee. Then He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. He requested. He requests your burdens and He receives your burdens. Ain't that amazing? I'm going to tell you what we're like. I'm going to tell you what we're like. How many ever took your youngins fishing before? I can't raise my hand because uh, we've done... we got to go fishing at camp. That's right. You know what Daxon want to do at camp and so I want to do at camp? Like every youngin does fishing. They cast it out. I need to check my bait. 30 seconds in. The worm ain't got wet yet. Reeling back in. I said, son, you ain't going to catch nothing unless you leave it out there. But hang on. Ain't we the same way? We got, a, we got a fishing line hooked to our problem. We'll cast it on the Lord. And then we just start kind of reeling it back in a little bit. Now, we ain't bass fishing. We, we brim fishing, all right? We're waiting, for, we're waiting for that brim to respond. But you know what we do? We reel it in. If you, hey, cast it on the Lord and quit reeling in. Watch this, for He careth for you. Three things in this last phrase and I'm done. Notice the Christ in this verse. For He, that He is the Him. Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. That's the Lord Jesus. Ain't it amazing that God is concerned about your problems? God is concerned about your... David thought in Psalm 142 and verse number 4, He said, I looked on my right hand, and behold, there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. I'm sorry, David, but you're wrong. There is one that cares for your soul. And it's the Lord Jesus. Jesus cares tonight. There's the Christ for He. There's the care. He careth. This is a compassionate care. 
This word care, careth here, it means to look after. Just where we get our idea, I'm going to take care of that. I'm going to meet that. I'm going to look after that. You know why the Lord takes care of us? Because He loves us. Compassionate care, but then it is constant care. That E-T-H on the end of that word, He careth. He continues to care. And then, and then notice the comfort. For He careth for you. This makes it personal in the life of the believer. It suggests that the kind of care, this kind of care comes from having interest in someone. Care that is the result of forethought. Here's what John Phillips said. Our cares as Christians are many and varied. But God only has one care. And that is us. So I said, what does Jesus care about? He cares about you. we got a lot of problems, a lot of issues that weigh us down. A lot of cares. Jesus talks about even those get caught up in the cares of this life. But the Lord only has one care. He said He cares for you. Now, Peter could have been from South Jerusalem. He could have said He cares for y'all. That includes a bunch of yous. But I love how He made it personal. For when I read 1 Peter 5, 7, He cares for you. He said, He cares for you, Josh. And when Charles reads it, He cares for Charles. And when Tony reads it, He cares for Tony. He makes it personal. He careth for you. Preacher, nobody cares about me. That's a lie. Quit believing that lie. The verse, we believe this Bible, right? He cares for you. I don't believe you're doing any harm in the Scripture to write your name next to that word you. Because that's exactly who he's talking about. Jesus cares for you. You know, Jesus talks about in Luke chapter number 12. Luke chapter number 12 and verse number... You don't have to turn unless you desire to. You can write down your notes. Luke chapter 12, verse 22. Saith the disciples, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life. What ye shall eat, neither for the body. What ye shall put on, the life is more than meat. And the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens. For they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? Which of you taking thought can add stature to his, uh, add to his stature one cubit? If ye then being able not to do that which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? He said, if you can't fix your own problems, don't worry about the other one. He said, consider the lilies how they grow. They toll not. They spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast in the oven, talking about the brevity, how, how it's not, it don't last, how much more we clothe you, O ye of little faith. And seek not what you shall eat or what you shall drink, neither will you be doubtful of mine. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knoweth that you have need of these things. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God. According to Romans 14, that's righteous, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. And all these things shall be added unto you. And I love this. He says, fear not, little flock. I love the Lord's tender language. Fear not, little flock. For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Here's what I'm saying tonight. There's a lot of, there's a lot of doctrinal things there, talking about the kingdom age and all that. But the application and the principle is true. He's saying, don't you worry about those cares. Jesus cares. I was asking Grayson about this song for service. The old hymn written by Frank Graff, an old Methodist preacher. He wrote this, does Jesus care 
when my heart is pained too deeply for mirth and song, as the burdens press and the cares distress and the way grows weary and long? Does Jesus care when my way is dark with a nameless dread and fear? As the daylight fades and dark, deep shades night, does He care enough to be near? Does Jesus care when I've tried and failed to resist some temptation strong? When for my deep grief I find no relief, though my tears flow all the night long? Does Jesus care when I've said goodbye to the dearest on earth to me? And my sad heart aches till it nearly breaks. Is it all to Him? Does He see? Oh yes, He cares! I know He cares! His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary and the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares. Jesus cares. He said, preacher, nobody cares. Jesus cares. So how should we respond? How do we take 1 Peter 5, 7 and put it in shoe leather this week? I'll tell you how. You cast all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. If we would simply get a hold of that fact tonight, that we don't have to bear it alone. You don't have to carry it on your own. You're not strong enough. I'm not strong enough. Paul, probably... Other than John the Baptist, Jesus said he was the greatest born among women. I think Paul's a good second place of the greatest preacher in the New Testament. Paul said, um, I got weak because I got that thorn in the flesh. You know what he did? He just brought it to the Lord. The Lord didn't take that thorn from him. I'll tell you what the Lord did do for him, though. He didn't take the thorn. He didn't take it away from him, but He gave him something where he could take it. You know, the Lord may not take it, but He'll give you something so you can take it. What did He do? He gave him grace. He said, my grace is sufficient for thee. May God take this little verse of Scripture that we so often run by because it's so short. But the Lord put that verse on my heart for tonight. And the Lord put that song on their heart tonight. Bring your burdens to the Lord. Leave it there. Casting all your care upon Him. For He careth for you. Would you stand for prayer tonight? Brother Matthew's going to come with a verse of invitation. Do you need to bring something to the Lord tonight and leave it at this altar? Bring your burdens to the Lord. Leave it there.